Hi, everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. Delighted on this episode to be talking with author, comics creator, Josh Trio. Josh, thank you for jumping in and joining. And did I get your last name there? You did. Uh, you did. Thanks. Uh, and thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for saying yes. I'll, uh, I usually start out by mentioning a few titles, and you're certainly welcome to mention any titles that I miss, but uh, a nice range of material. Probably the first title that comes to mind is Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle Graduation Day. Um, your work on Captain America, groundbreaking work in the, the world of Captain America, as well as Rick and Morty. DC Pride. Uh, I believe there are at least some GLAD nominations somewhere in there as well. Um, in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so you've done an, an impressive range of work, in other words. Uh, you know, I try to do a little bit of everything. It just keeps my attention span, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm really lucky, obviously, with the kind of the breadth of the different genre and stuff I've been able to work on so far. Yeah, yeah, but I, I love to read widely, so that works well for me as the reader as well, and for lots of readers out there, I know. Um, so curious about your decision to move to comics. What was it about comics that uh, sort of makes this the unique medium that you want it to be for telling the stories that you want to tell? Yeah, so, um, you know, all I've ever wanted to do was kind of write for comics or animation or video games but comics has always kind of like captured my attention maybe the most mm -hmm. uh, when I was a kid my grandparents would read me like the Sunday funnies and so I quickly became like a big fan of like Garfield or Calvin and Hobbes and I would trace over Garfield panels and I'd rearrange them to kind of make my own stories and so oh, that was yeah. a little fan fiction I was doing back then um, and so that led to kind of writing and drawing my own comics, which are mostly just, we'll call them parodies, but mostly ripoffs of existing superheroes or Buffy the Vampire Slayer or whatever it was. And I would just, hundreds and hundreds of pages of comics I would write and draw myself. But I kind of quickly figured out that um, uh, drawing was not my strong suit. I was better as a writer perhaps than, than an artist. Um, but I was, you know, still very much attracted to comic books. I didn't get into like proper superhero comic books until I was a teenager. We just didn't have a comic shop in my area. And I just didn't, I, I, I knew the characters from TV and movies primarily. Yeah. But um, kind of what calls me to it, you know, there's like an intimacy with the page as a reader, you know, you can focus on a panel as long as you want. You kind of control the pacing of the story that you're interacting with. Um, whereas a movie or a video game, you know, there, we it can kind of be manipulated and we can force the audience to focus on a shot for an extra long amount of time or something. Uh -huh. What I also like, you know, in like a motion picture or a TV show, you know, if there's a fluidity to it, it's about it's about movement. Scripts are about action. And in comics, there, there is movement and action and dynamicism, dynamic, uh, very dynamic posing. Mm -hmm. However, uh, you're trying to capture key moments that tell the story, right? You're trying to isolate those that crystallize that little moment of, of story and truth, I guess, and kind of stitch them together in a way that makes sense. It's kind of a like a like an illusion we're creating, right? It's like the the illusion of uh, of life just by these isolated stories in a sequential order. 
So, but I just, you know, I like, it's just what I've always known. It's what I've always kind of experimented with. And I just, I still devour it, but 30 years later. Yeah. Yeah. So still an avid reader. Oh yeah, very much so. Uh, lately it's becoming a time crunch, but, um, <laughs> you know, when I'm on a flight or something, I always sneak away my PDFs and just go, go to town on them. Nice. My secret is right before bed, right before bed is the time. To I mean, that's in. the way to do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as we've mentioned, you, you've worked in a variety of worlds, um, science fiction, action, superhero, romance. Um, what draws you to a particular story in and of itself? Yeah. Um, you know, what kind of draws me to the story is kind of like its heart, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of, I think, something you'll find across my different works is kind of there is this like hopefully like this humanism to it um this kind of just like finding even a character who's kind of unlikable by design but like like rick from rick and morty for example like there is the kind of like that kernel of like humanity in there like there is like there's a living being to that and there he still is capable of like empathy and stuff like that even though he's like a, a like a cranky joke machine there's yeah. ending that humanity is kind of the fun for me. Um, and also just like, you know, I've been so lucky to work with all this, these different companies and it's just kind of fulfilling my fantasy in a lot of ways to get to write for whatever, whatever it is, Captain America or Blue Beetle or, uh, you know, um, some of these video game creations that I've worked on as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's part uh, wish fulfillment and it's part like trying to find my take on the story. Like, what's an interesting challenge? Yeah. If it's okay, I'll also take a question here about video gaming, working sure. in video games and how that um, sort of lines up with comics. Yeah, so I mean, it's a very similar in a sense. Um, you know, when, when you write for a video game, people just imagine you're writing kind of the cinematic cutscenes, mm -hmm. but you also write every bit of dialogue spoken. So if you get karate chopped to the neck, you have to come up with something clever for that character to say that sounds right. Or if you interact with a map, any text you interact with in the game. So you write a lot of stuff, but yeah. mostly you're trying to get character across with the brevity. You want to use as few words as possible because you want to keep the story, the pace going in the game. Um, and so in my background uh, is journalism. And so I learned a lot about how, how to write maybe punchier and shorter. And that's really helped me in comics because, you know, you don't want to fill the entire page with text unless you're like Alan Moore or something. Right. But like, uh, you know, it's a visual medium. I want to lend as much space to the artists as possible. Um, and in the same way, you know, video games are often kind of design led. They're about a gameplay loop. They're about your relationship with the gameplay. If, you know, what is... If the game's not fun to play, it could have the best story in the world. People aren't going to sit through it. Uh -huh. And so it's, it's very collaborative. Um, you know, in a comic, it's also collaborative, but it's maybe a few people. It's you, an artist, an editor, color artist, a few, maybe some other people along the lines. But in a video game, you know, if I write, uh, if I write a line for Rocket Raccoon, like a joke, my lead writer has to like the joke. The voice actor has to like the joke. The voice director has to blah, da, 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 da. 
So by the time the game comes out and someone's playing it and they go, oh, that was a very funny joke. Did you write that, Josh? And I go, no. We, a hundred people wrote that joke, right? Like we all had to work together to like get that to the finish line. So in some ways they're very similar, but in in concrete ways, it, it's easier to lend your your personality or your creative voice to a comic book because it's a little less filtered. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thinking about that, that collaborative nature of comics, any particular collaborators, mentors, folks that have been kind along the way, um, sort of as you, you've worked in the industry? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I had, uh, on the comic side of it, I had three different comic book internships mm-hmm. uh, at high school. And every single one, I thought I was going to get a job out of it, and it never happened. <laughs> but, um, you know, I kept at it because I knew I needed to learn the skills. And so I... Um, uh, a few editors that come to mind, uh, Rebecca Taylor, who used to be at Archaea Comics, or, um, oh gosh, my current editor, Andrew Marino at DC. I've learned so much just from his notes that he gives. You know, there's a lot of um, language used to describe color and lettering and every kind of discipline that goes into a comic book. And I just like kind of just look over his shoulder when he's working, you know, in mm-hmm. metaphorically. And uh, I'm just like, Oh, that was a really smart note. I, I wouldn't be able to articulate what he wanted from that page, but he does it so effortlessly. Um, and so like on the video game side, um, I learned so much from my designers. We have, we have what's called narrative designers. So the, 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 every company has a different definition, but as I see it, writers try to make a story out of gameplay uh-huh. and narrative designers try to make gameplay out of a story. Uh, and so we're both kind of working towards the same end, but, you know, sometimes we're jockeying for who's taking the lead necessarily. But um, there's a, a few designers I worked with, like um, at, when I worked at Telltale Games, uh, Matt Boland is a, was brilliant, uh, really taught me everything I knew. I went from never working in video games to being a lead writer on a video game, like overnight. Uh, and so uh, that was a real trial and error process. And so I owe him everything for his patience. Uh, and just like you learn, uh, you just learn from everyone in a video game. Honestly, I'm like always like open to feedback from like, I'll take it from the janitor. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> everyone has a good point of view because video games are such an interactive medium. It's like, what feels good to you? What sounds right to you? Like you'd be surprised like the, who you can get like little nuggets of wisdom out of. Yeah, well, I love that audience centered way of thinking about storytelling too, that uh, we all kind of have a stake in this if we're going to be involved in the story. I like that. Yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely true. Everyone needs to have some pie into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know you can't always talk about projects that are in development because of NDAs and processes like that. But I always like to save the the end of the interview for things like next creative steps, but spaces where people can connect and had to follow along and things of that nature so i'm curious about what is next in the creative journey and you can be specific mysterious however you'd like to be with them oh gosh um well on the video game side nothing's been announced yet these things are slow going unfortunately but um Mm -hmm. maybe maybe this time next year uh i could talk about it but it's a it's a huge game it's a new genre of game i've never worked in before and it's like, it's just an incredibly large team. I mean, there's like over a dozen writers. And so this is like 
this is great eye-opening for me, not just to collaborate with my designers and voice actors, et cetera, et cetera, but also like just to be a part of a huge writing staff like that. Like that's a new experience for me. I, we're often very isolated in video game world as writers. Um, and then on comics, um, Blue Beetle is monthly from DC Comics. Uh, I have a story in the DC holiday special that's coming out in end of November. It features uh, Bunker, who's kind of a more obscure Teen Titans hero, but I've been kind of championing him for so long. I think the editors got tired of me bringing him up and finally gave me a chance to tell a story. Nice, uh, nice. And then uh, I did, uh, just this year, I released a book called Washington's Gay General. Mm-hmm. It's a graphic novel about um, George Washington's inspector general, Baron von Steuben, and kind of his eccentric life. And uh, hopefully more, more like that is coming. You know, nonfiction presents its own challenges to fiction. Um, you know, you do a lot of research in comic books in general. You have to read 900 issues of The Incredible Hulk before, before you start writing The Incredible Hulk. Um, and this is this is very much the same, but um, you know, a big part of my work is uh, I like people to see themselves in popular media, whether that be nonfiction, like just kind of reclaiming a little bit of our history by finding a gay revolutionary general, or uh, with you know, with Blue Beetle, including a lot of Spanish dialogue untranslated because it reflects kind of that bilingual household that his upbringing that feels authentic to me. Um, and so I hope to continue to do more of that and hopefully get, get better at it. Uh, so we'll see what the future holds, but, uh, a lot more comics, more than I, more than I can handle and a lot more video games. I hope so too. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, uh, I appreciate the work you do in, uh, representing folks in comics as well. And, uh, glad that you, you shared that and glad to share about your work anytime. No, thank you so much.